Just tell the Lord you love Him. Lord, we love you. We're here to worship you. We're here to behold your beauty, Lord. And God, we declare that in every circumstance that we may be going through, you're always good. You're always faithful. And Lord, we sing of your goodness tonight, God. Because Lord, we know that your word says no matter what we're going through, Father, for those that love you and are called according to your purpose, Lord God, you are working all things together for our good. And that's why no matter what we're dealing with, God, we can come in and we can lift up a song of praise in the dark seasons and the difficult seasons, Lord, because we know, God, that there is an expected end with you. That you're taking us, God, from faith to faith, from glory to glory. That, Lord, we invite even the trials, God, because we know that you're working something more beautiful in us that we cannot fully understand, Lord. And you bring beauty up from the ashes. Lord, you give us the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. And, Lord, tonight, as we worship you, God, and as we behold your face, Jesus, Lord, we just ask that you would minister to each and every person, God, and remind them of your overwhelming love and your goodness for them. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for your presence. Holy Spirit, we ask you to come and have your way in our hearts tonight as we worship. Lord, move from person to person. God, I just pray for people tonight that they would just have a special experience with you right where they're at in their seat. That you'd be able to speak directly through them, through everything that's going on, that you would pierce their hearts. And God, let them experience your love and your presence and your goodness tonight. Lord, we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, I'm going to let you be seated just for a minute. We're going to continue to play and just stay kind of in a, in a posture of worship. But it's okay to sit down, hear the word for a minute and worship. And then we're going to get back into about four or five songs or something like that. But, you know, uh, I, wa- I was going to invite somebody to come up. I was going to invite you can come on up, Michaela. L- last worship night that we had, I don't know if you all remember it. But the last worship night that we had, we prayed for several people. And Michaela has been dealing with... with uh, Crohn's disease for, for quite a long time. I mean, maybe most of her life, I'll let her tell you. But, but we prayed for her, and I had been checking up on her, on her, and she had shared a, a little bit with me about what was going on in her life, and I just thought it would be encouraging to let her share. So I asked her to share a little bit. Um, when I was about 16 years old, I got really, really sick, and um, I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease, like Clay just said. Um, it was a really really difficult time in my life. I was a young girl and um, it was just the mental battle that came along with the physical illness was almost, you know, just as bad. Um, But um, um, I just really struggled, you know, at that point in my life and from that, you know, moment on of being diagnosed, I um, was told that pretty much I was not, you know, going to be cured. I was going to have to deal with that for the rest of my life. I was put on um, these infusions, and they would hook me up to um, an IV, and and I would sit there for anywhere to four to six hours, and they would pump me full of medicine, and sometimes it would help, and sometimes it would wouldn't. But um, I was very much reliant on it to make me feel somewhat normal. Um, and, and I dealt with that, you know, for the last four years of my life. Uh, I couldn't gain weight. I, I couldn't eat the things that I wanted. And um, like I said, mentally, I was just really struggling. And um, 
life's worship night. Um, I was standing there in mid-song. I felt God speak to me. I felt, I felt um, just the Spirit overcome me in that moment. And uh, God told me, you need to stop taking your medications. And like, you know, that's a big, that's a big request because like I said, I was really reliant um, on those to make me feel, you know, normal. And um, I, I struggled with it for a while and in that moment, and then Clay got up here and he was led, you know, for everybody, everyone started to pray for me. And um, I just had all the confidence in the world that God was about to do something, you know, amazing in my life, things that, that I'd never seen and that people around me had, had not yet seen. Um, and, and I went home and, and I still struggled a little bit. And um, eventually it came time for me to get my next treatment. And I, and I canceled it. I said, God, I'm going to put this in your hands. I'm going to listen to you. And um, they come, they got my infusion pump, and it was, you know, done from that moment. And um, I can stand here in front of you right now and say that um, I'm a perfectly healthy body. I have been since that moment. Um, I've been able to eat what I want. I've gained weight and I've, I've seen a, a number on the scale that I haven't seen since the four years ago that I was diagnosed. Um, and, and mentally, I'm just, I'm the best I've ever been in my whole life. Um, and, and I have, you know, all the faith in the world now. And, and sometimes God, He calls you to, to just step out and just be obedient. And, and it's hard to do that when, when you can't yet see what He has planned for you. Um, but it is all worth it. And through every step and through every every decision that you're going to make, He is there with you. And um, if my story isn't the same as yours, that's okay because he is there with you regardless. Um, and, you know, we will all see healing eventually and, and we'll all get there. But just um, praise him anyways. Praise him no matter what. But he does heal and there isn't a sickness or a mental illness or a situation that he will not heal you from. You are not too broken to be fixed. Um, I just, I'm so thankful for what he's done for me, and, and I'm really just honored to get up here in front of you and share that. Um, but thank you guys for listening. And... Amen. Give the Lord a hand for that. Amen. Listen, I, I, you know, a lot of times we pray for a lot of things around here because we believe God's able to do things. And, and here's the thing. A lot of times we pray and and we don't, we don't necessarily see the results that we want. And one of the things that we talk about here, and I believe it's, it's biblical, is you got to have a theology of power, but you also have to have a theology of suffering. Because there's times that we're going to pray and we're going to see God move in miraculous ways, and we give Him the glory for it when it happens. But there are moments, there are trials that we go through, difficulties that we don't understand. Sometimes we pray and things don't happen and we don't have all the answers. But just like she said, there is one day that is coming when all of us will be healed. And so we've got a faith that, that, that goes beyond what's happening just in the here and now. But, but there's, two, there's two sides of faith. There's a faith that says, man, God's able to break through in our midst right here, right now. But not only that, we look forward to a kingdom that's coming when Jesus returns where all things will be made right. 
And even the things that we don't understand that we're going through now, he's going to fix those and make those right. But in this moment, man, we have to do something. And that is that we have to choose to worship God regardless of what we're going through. David said, Psalm 34, 1, he said, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. And I love that verse because that whole chapter was written after he had been anointed king and the current king, Saul, was chasing him, trying to kill him. And he's hiding out in a cave. And he says, you know what, boys, with people surrounding him, he said, you know what, I know I'm getting chased right now. I'm persecuted and he's trying to kill me. And even though God anointed me to be king, it's not happening. He said, but let me tell you something that I do. I bless the Lord at all times. And His praise is continually in my mouth. Because I, I, here's what I believe with all of my heart. I believe that we go through trials in this life. And when you go through trials, when you go through suffering, when you have questions, it can either drive you away from God because in your flesh you don't know why it's happening. And you question God and you wonder why God's allowing it. But see, in the Spirit, all of a sudden in your inner man, you see it as an opportunity. And you say, God... In this challenge, in this struggle that I'm currently dealing with, I'll never be able to worship you in this way ever again. Can I tell you, when we get to heaven, we ain't going to deal with, with sickness or death or betrayal or suffering or loss. And then you'll worship Him, but you'll worship Him in perfection. There's something just extremely more beautiful about the fact that you can come in here with a million problems tonight and say, God, I'm broken, I'm in pain, I don't know what's going on, but I will worship you anyway. And I believe that there's something about that. There's a beauty of that. There's a fragrance to that. It's incense, just like you said, that's coming up before the throne. And God says, man, I, that's beautiful. That's something that I can work with. You remember David? I like to think about him because he was a man after God's own heart. And really, I, I was thinking about, I want to give you a, a few things about worship. But one of the things is, is we really want, we want a heart after God, don't we? The Bible said that David was a man after God's own heart. And when I think about that, I'm like, surely not, God. This dude committed adultery. He killed a guy. Like, I mean, he killed a lot of people, really. They're, and I'm thinking, he's a man after your own heart, Lord? The thing about David is, he's just like you and I. He wasn't perfect. He made lots of mistakes, but when he made mistakes, he came back to God in repentance. And he worshiped the Lord through his ups and through his downs. When things were going good, when he was facing his enemies, he said, Lord, I'm going to worship you. I'm going to give you the glory. And see, when he was just a little teenage boy, we, we often, and even I'll give you some points, because worship gets us stuff sometimes. Like, like even that testimony, for example, we can say, look, she was just worshiping, and God came upon her in the spirit and brought and began to bring healing into her life and spoke to her and dealt with her. And so then we can say, well, man, I'll worship him because then I'll get healing or then I'll get him to speak to me. We don't worship God for the things that he's going to give us. We worship God because he's God. And I think it's in those moments when we worship him that all of a sudden he comes to meet us. See, David, he never wanted to be king. He wasn't looking to be king. He was a shepherd boy outside taking care of the sheep whenever, whenever, whenever Samuel came over to anoint somebody as king. And, and all the brothers were lined up. He had seven brothers. And the brothers were lined up. And, and he wasn't even there. They didn't even think about bringing him into the house because he might be the one. And Samuel's like, it ain't none of these, Jesse. He said, you got another one? He said, oh, yeah. It's that one. But he, it couldn't be him. He's out taking care of the sheep. But there's something about David. Because while he was out taking care of the sheep, he's writing love songs to God. 
Nobody's around. He wasn't singing for a congregation. He's just writing poetry to God because he's in love with him. And the Lord looks at David and says, man, that's something that I can work with. A man that will worship me in the secret place when nobody else is around. And he's not asking me for anything. He just loves me. And God says, I can do something with that. So they call him into this place. And he begins, and he's about to be anointed with oil. But here's what I love about David, because you see throughout the Psalms, he wrote 70 some Psalms out of the book of Psalms. And, and he said so many different things. In Psalm 16, 11, he said, you'll show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. Because man, David loved God's presence. When he became king, he set up ta tabernacle worship 24-7. And people say, man, why y'all have them worship nights? What's the point? Listen, David did it 24-7. We do it two hours every now and then. 24-7, he, he had people worshiping God. He loved the presence of God. In Psalm 63, he said, because your loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise you. He knew he was loved by God. And he said, man, this is better than life to sense your love. When we come into these moments, my prayer for people every time we come into these moments is that they would just experience God's love for them. Because if you experience that, if you feel that, praise is going, I ain't got to ask you to sing to God. You'll start to sing to Him because you know that you're loved and that breaks everything. Psalm 17, 15, He said, As for me, I will see your face in righteousness and I shall be satisfied when I awake with your likeness. He hungered for transformation. He desired to be more like Jesus. And when we worship, we know that we're becoming more like Jesus by the Holy Spirit from one measure of glory to the next. And then lastly, the one that I'm going to read here, Psalm 27, 4, I love what he says. He says, one thing I have desired of the Lord, that will I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in His temple. See, His priority was to put His eyes on Jesus to focus on God. And he said, I got one priority, one thing I desire, to behold the beauty of the Lord. I know we got a lot of different desires. And when we come to the Lord, we're asking God for cars and houses and all kinds of different things. And you know what? Maybe he'll answer them. But if he doesn't, and he doesn't give me another thing, there's one thing that I want. And it's to know him more. And because that was David's heart, God sends Samuel to anoint a king. One that was after his heart. And in 1 Samuel 16, 13, it says, Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the Spirit of the Lord rushed upon David from that day forward. We've been talking a lot about the Holy Spirit here lately. The Holy Spirit came upon him in a powerful anointing to give him the ability to do things that he could not do otherwise. It was in the power of the Spirit that he slayed Goliath, that he walked in this power. And it says... In verse 14, now the Spirit of the Lord departed from Saul. And notice this, and a harmful spirit from the Lord tormented him. Now I know just reading that verse, people get spooked. Uh, Lord sent a harmful spirit. It, the Hebrews had a belief that everything came through God's hand. And in the Hebrew language, you have a permissive tense and you have a causative tense. I'm going to get a little theological just to make sense for you here. But see, everything ultimately came from God, whether He was causing it or whether He was allowing it. So they would have said, if this harmful spirit is here, it's ultimately because God has lifted His hand. That's why this spirit's here. He had went in rebellion against God. God had lifted His hand and His spirit off of Saul. And it says, a harmful spirit come and began to torment him. But then they said to him, it says, let our Lord now command your servants. Notice what they talk about here, who are before you, to seek out a man who is skillful in playing the lyre. 
I'm thinking, man, if I'm, if I'm tormented and my mind's about half crazy and a harmful spirit is bothering me, last thing I'm doing is calling Matt over to play guitar. You know what I'm saying? Like, how many of us would do that? It's like, we're, call the doctor. You know, and we got to get some medicine in here. Imagine calling up and saying, man, I need you to come play the guitar, dude. I'm in bad shape. And it says, and when the harmful spirit from God is upon you, he will play it and you will be well. So Saul said to his servants, provide for me a man who can play well and bring him to me. And one of the young men answered, behold, I have seen a son of Jesse, the Bethlehemite, who is skillful in playing. And if you, if you read this in the original language, it's a word, skillful in playing is, is a very specific word. And it's used throughout scripture. It's yada, it means to know. And basically, when he, what he's saying about David is that when he plays this instrument, he comes into communion with God where he knows him more intimately. And see, when we play and when we sing, it's not just for entertainment, as entertaining as it is. I mean, honestly, if I wasn't a Christian and I didn't even believe in the things of God, I'd come in here and I'd be like, man, they're good. This is entertaining. But that's not why they do it. Why they do it is because they do it to the Lord and they believe that there's a place when we play and when we sing that God inhabits the praises of His people. We, we enter into communion with the Lord and there's a knowing of God in that moment. And it says He's a man of valor, a man of war, prudent in speech, and a man of good presence and the Lord is with him. And whenever the harmful spirit from God was upon Saul, David took the lyre and played it with his hand. So Saul was refreshed and was well and the harmful spirit departed from him because when we worship we receive an anointing that brings freedom I believe when we play it's just like that what happens just just like with Michaela I, I believe with all of my heart when the reason we even have this with these worship nights is because we're we're trying to create and cultivate a lifestyle of worship where it's not just something that we do corporately, but on, our, on a daily basis, we are worshiping God in the private place, in the secret place like David, so that when we come here publicly to worship, God pours His Spirit out on us. That's what we're looking for. And when you got a body of believers who's not just coming on worship night to worship God, but they're worshiping God in the secret place, and they come here when we worship on Sundays or whenever it may be, God pours out His Spirit, and we see God move in a powerful way. And there's a spirit, all of a sudden, the spirit of God comes. When the spirit of God comes, chains are broken. I believe bodies are healed. I believe sicknesses flee. I believe demons tremble and leave. I remember somebody was here last time and they were talking about just going through grief and, and grieving and all the difficulties that they'd been dealing, dealing with. And just in the middle of worship, nobody prayed for them, nothing happened. They said something, it was like the cloud lifted. In worship, the cloud will lift, friends. Like something will happen. God God will move in your midst. David, there was one particular time when he had committed adultery with Bathsheba. He goes and kills, has Uriah, her husband, killed in battle. And I'm thinking, man, that's pretty messed up, David. Bathsheba gets pregnant. God brings judgment on him because of his rebellion. And, and when they have the child, the child's sick, the child's about to pass away, and immediately... Because of his grief, David goes into prayer and fasting. He doesn't eat anything for seven days. And his servants are looking at him and they see that he's so torn up. They said, man, what will he do? He's, been, he's not eating a bite and his son's still alive. What happens once he actually dies? And then when the boy died, it says immediately 
They were afraid to tell him, but David realized that he had passed away by the look on their faces. And it says immediately, he rose up, he washed himself, and he worshiped God. And they said, David, I mean, why, why'd you get up and worship God and do all this now? If while he was alive, you were mourning. And he said, listen, I was mourning because he was, he was alive at that point because I was hoping for God's mercy. But now that he's gone, he said, I have, I have a new perspective. He's not going to come back to me, but one day I will go to him. And he said, therefore, I will worship God because I know he's good regardless of what I'm dealing with, regardless of what I'm going through. And here's what I want to tell you is that in the midst of whatever you're dealing with, you can worship God and have a hope for the future. And let me tell you something. when we were, God may break through in our midst and do a miracle right now here tonight. He might do it tonight. But if he doesn't, we're going to worship him anyway. Because there's going to be a day when every miracle is poured out over the face of the earth and all things are restored. But until that day, you know what? We're going to worship God because there's a third thing that happens when we worship God. And that is that we receive wisdom. And man, we need wisdom. When, because if you're navigating this world, y'all know just as well as I do. That this thing is kind of hard, isn't it? Y'all ever realize that about life? Like it's a little bit difficult. I don't know about you. Maybe you're killing it, but I still struggle a little bit. And I need God's wisdom for decision-making, for how to get through difficult circumstances, for all that stuff. And there's a really interesting passage in Scripture in 1 Kings 4.29. It says, And God gave Solomon wisdom and understanding beyond measure and breath of mind like the sand on the seashore, so that Solomon's wisdom surpassed the wisdom of all the people of the east and all the wisdom of Egypt. Now notice what it says. For he was wiser than all the other men, wiser than Ethan the Ezrahite and Haman Calcal and, and, uh, and Darda, the sons of Mahal, which are great names, and his fame was in all the surrounding nations. And I remember reading that and asking the question, who are these guys? You know, I like to ask questions when I read the Bible. And so I looked into it more deeply, and what I found out about every single one of these guys, you know what these guys were? They were worship leaders. They stayed in the tabernacle, hired by David to simply lead worship sing songs to God, write psalms, allow God's presence to invade that place. And he's saying those were the wisest men in all the world. Why? Because when you stay in a place of worship, you receive God's heart. He gives you direction. He rubs off on you. You get in God's presence and you linger, just sitting here right now, just sitting in God's presence, you know what? You're able to receive wisdom. Some of y'all are going through some things tonight, and I guarantee you, before you leave tonight, if you'll be open to it, God will give you direction. He'll give you peace about a thing that you've been wondering, should I do this? Should I do that? Should I go here? Should I do that? He'll give you peace about it, and there'll be an inner knowing. This is the wisdom of God. This is the decision that I need to make. There is wisdom that comes. We receive wisdom. You know, Ephesians 5, and I'm going to finish here. It says, look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise. We, we, want, we, we need wisdom from God. We need to learn how to walk in this wisdom. And he says, we need to make the best use of the time because the days are evil. Would you agree with that? Like we're living in some wild days. And he says, therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. I remember reading that one time and I felt like the Holy Spirit said to me, Clay, fools waste time. But he said, you'll never waste time if you spend it in prayer and in my presence. Prayer and worship is never a waste of time. 
If you don't know the decision you need to make, you need to wait on the Lord. But when you wait on the Lord, you wait in His presence. You wait in worship. You wait in prayer. And then he says, you come into an understanding of what the will of the Lord is. And then he says, verse 18, and do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. And of course, this is what we've been talking about a lot on Sunday mornings. And that's present passive imperative. What he is saying in that moment is he's saying, you need to continually, always be allowing yourself to be filled with the Spirit. And you say, well, how do I allow myself to be filled with the Spirit? Well, guess what? It's got a comma right there. And I go to the next verse and he gives me a way of how I can be filled with the Spirit more. He says, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart. What he's saying is literally, when we come in here and worship, whether you believe it or not, whether you receive it, how many of you, when you go to church, you worship God, you leave, you feel different? And then you go out on Monday and you get around a bunch of wild people, son, and you feel a little bit different then. Right? And you get a little bit heavier. But he's saying when you stay in a posture of worship and you sing out to God, and from your heart you're worshiping God and singing, you are being filled with the Holy Spirit. And then he says in verse 20, lastly, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of Jesus Christ our Lord, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. See, when we worship, we're filled with the Spirit and we understand the will of the Lord. He gives us that. And some of you, you may need all these things. I know we want a, a heart that's after God's. I know many of us, we need the wisdom of God. We need to understand what the will of the Lord is. We need to be filled with His Spirit. And some of you, you're going through something. And we need to pray for it tonight. So we're going to take a moment, even while you're seated, and we're just going to pray. But... I want you to respond with me right now. How many of you, you feel like, you know what, I, I need something very particular. I need healing in my body. I need wisdom. I need direction. I need to get set free from this thing that's been just plaguing my soul. If you would just lift your hand. I see somebody over here. See somebody. Else. Listen, if, if you got your hand up, would you just stand to your feet? Just stand to your feet for a minute. Just stand to your feet. Because I believe, here's another thing that really I, I really believe strongly is that there is power in prayer. Amen. Amen. I was talking to Freddie this morning. He said, you know what? I'm making it one day at a time. He's went through some losses. He's went through some struggles, but the Lord is with him. And he's strengthening him. And he said, I've got good friends. And he said, what I've got is I've got people that will pray for me and hold me up. And he said, it makes all the difference. And I believe when we pray for one another that something happens. You know, the Bible says that God turned the, ta the, the captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends. It's when he prayed for his friends that that happened. So whatever you need. If you're near one of these people, you can stand up to if you want to. But if you're near one of these people, won't you just put a hand on them? Just put a hand on them where they're at.
you're real inquisitive, you can even ask them. They may want to tell you. If you don't want to tell it, you don't have to tell them. The Lord knows. But you could ask them. Or, they, or you could tell the person that's praying for, would you pray for me about this, about this particular situation? But Lord, right now, we're coming to you. And you know what every person is going through. You have all knowledge. And Father, right now, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, that you're able to heal. We thank you, Lord, that you're able to break chains, to bring deliverance, to bring freedom, to bring peace, God, to break off the anxiety and the fear that people are going through. So right now, God, we just speak a word of healing right now into every sick body, into every diseased and afflicted person right now in Jesus' name. And God, we pray that your healing would go through their bodies, through their minds, Father, right now, and you would raise them up in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, that your spirit and your kingdom would come upon them in power right now in Jesus' name. And we speak to the powers of darkness, any unclean spirit, and we say you have no authority here. This one's been bought by the blood of the Lamb by the blood of Jesus Christ and we plead the blood of Jesus over each situation right now and so Father we just receive it just say Lord I receive the answer I receive your healing I receive your peace Jesus I receive your love God I receive your power and your direction in my family in my situation in the name of Jesus and you just stay right there and continue to pray just for a minute Aaron asked me, Aaron asked me before we came, he said, I want you to pray for Jace tonight. And I know we've prayed for Jace a lot, but let me tell you something, we don't give up praying. We don't give up praying. And Jace is going through a hard time right now. We all know what he's dealing with. But we believe there's no distance, there's no distance in prayer. So can we join together right now in faith and say, God, you're the same God that healed Michaela of that disease. You can heal Jace of DIPG. And Lord God, we know you're good regardless of what happens, but we know that you are a healer. So would you just lift your hand to him right now and, 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 and believe with me. Lord God, Jace is over in Kansas right now, but Lord, there was a centurion that came to you one time and said, Lord, you're not worthy. I'm not worthy for you to come up under my roof, but only say the word and I know that he shall be healed. So Lord, we're asking. God, we come together. Lord, help us to believe. Help us to stand in faith. And Lord, we pray that in this moment, God, that you would stretch forth your hand to heal Jace, God, to deliver him from that disease. And Lord, we pray over his family peace and faith and strength and blessing, God, that you would overwhelm them with your love and with your goodness, Lord God. Lord, we come against this disease, this DIPG, and we speak to that tumor and ask that it would be plucked up by the roots, God, from His body, in Jesus' name. And that, Lord, You would minister healing to Him right now. Father, we give You the glory. We give You the honor that You deserve. Lord, we believe You to move in our lives. Jesus, it's You that we live for. God, we surrender our lives to You here tonight. Lord God, give us Your Spirit. Fill us, Lord Jesus. That we need to make the decisions that we need to in life, God. But we're calling.
worship. We're going to go back into worship, and I'm just asking you to go after one thing over these next few minutes as we worship God. Let the Lord speak to you. Let the Lord flow through you. Let the Lord heal you. Let the Lord speak to you in whatever way that He needs to.